This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. So Steve, how do you know where to locate fish? Well, you have to understand the three biological drives of trout. We learned these from our friend Gary Borger. One of them is that fish will be located where they can get something to eat. So here's a helpful tip. Look for the bubbles, that is the foam line, in the current. This is the cafeteria where the trout look for food. That's really good. That tip comes from our book, the new book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, Catch More Fish. It's an entire book of lists, and Steve and I would like for you to pick it up. You can buy it on Amazon.com. The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists. Life is Short, Catch More Fish. It's not good to be alone. Like the old 70s song by Eric Carmen says, All by myself, don't want to be all by myself anymore. Hey, Dave, you want me to sing a little bit more for you? That is horrible. <laughs> that know. is absolutely horrible. I, know. I need to sing higher, <laughs> but I can't do falsetto, and that's what he did. Anyway, it's not good to be alone, but sometimes it is. There's a difference between solitude and loneliness. This is true in life, and it's true in fly fishing. So today, we're going to talk about the joys and challenges of fly fishing alone and how to make it work when it's necessary. Not everybody has a fly fishing buddy. A lot of guys and gals fish alone, whether by choice or by necessity. Uh, maybe a good way to get at this is to talk about some recent experiences that we've had fly fishing alone. Uh, Dave, you recently uh, had an opportunity to fish the Blue River, and you were kind to invite me, but I couldn't go, so uh, you did it alone. Uh, tell me about that experience. What was good about it, and uh, what were the downsides? The first thing I should say is that it was about a 30-minute trip. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, I got on the water, fished for about 30 minutes, and thought, it is too hot. Steve's, and Steve's not here. <laughs> yeah. I can't fish. <laughs> I'm alone. I yes. feel lonely. Oh, man. <laughs> Actually, so I had taken my son, Corey, up to the UP, the Upper Peninsula, which is basically directly north of Chicago. Right. And I thought, hey, on the way back, why don't I just stop at the Blue River? And so that's what I did. And and I got up early. I, I uh, drove over and, and spent the night actually in uh, near Mount Horeb, actually in Dodgeville, where we often stay, oh, same yeah, Super right. Motel. Oh, yeah. And then I got up early and got out on the river. Even by 8 o'clock, I should have gotten out a lot earlier, mm -hmm. but even by 8 o'clock, it was so hot and oh, so humid. Yeah. And as soon as I began to uh, rig up, I was still near my truck, the bugs were just unbelievable. And I had bug spray, so it wasn't wow. that. But once I got on the river, it was... It was overgrown, and this is the problem actually in the yeah. driftless. You mm -hmm. know, midsummer. Once you start to hit midsummer, there's the grass is high. There was a lot of weeds in the river, and there's only a, like a small channel uh -huh. in the middle of the creek. It was also muddy. I fished about thirty minutes, and I said, you know, I, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I just got back to my. I walked back to my truck and went home. So it yep. was a really short trip. But I think the reason I did it was it was you couldn't go right. You, I had right. pestered you a mm -hmm. little bit about yeah. this trip, and but you couldn't go. Yeah. So um, what's unique about I think this time is that it well it's actually not just unique about this time, but I think when you go alone, at least for me, 
I have to like mentally like get ready for it because hmm. we have to drive a distance to get yeah. there. So it's not like we have, you know, fly fishing is 30 minutes away. You can pop out for about an hour and a half right. and you get back mm -hmm. home. So it's a bigger deal. So, so you're saying mentally it's it's a bigger deal when you fish alone than if, if you're with somebody me. else. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think that's that. And that's how it was for me. I had to like kind of, okay, I need to really do this because I do want to fly yeah. fish, mm -hmm. but it was more work mentally to go alone than it was, yeah. you know, for you and I to, you know, it, there's right. also not that the repartee and the yes, joy that we have just that's like, true you know yeah. planning the trip and right and so right. for me it was a little different it's been a few mm -hmm. years since i've actually fly fished alone so it is and i suppose too you feel like well i don't have somebody else going with me so i have even more freedom and if i don't feel like doing this i'm not going to do it right that's exactly yeah. right but you hmm. recently fly fished alone in in montana right yeah yeah i did i was on uh, the way to my father-in-law's memorial service and uh in fact, remember I asked you about going and uh, didn't work out, uh, but uh, that, that was uh, it was interesting. I enjoyed it, but I have to say not as much as fishing with you or or one of my sons. Now I wasn't alone uh, the whole time. I was only alone a couple afternoons. You know, we got some friends out there that that uh, I, I fished with Doug on the, the Missouri uh, one morning, and then... Uh, Didn't you catch a couple really nice uh, yeah, rainbows? I did one really nice rainbow. It was, it was a little slow for me, although there were about four guys, though, fishing in, in our group, and we kind of treated it like a steelhead run. Uh, we were on the Missouri uh, below Hauser Dam, and uh, uh, just a great stretch of water. But Four guys is a lot of it guys is. on you the know, river. We were sharing it, and... And there was one guy that uh, uh, I think he caught a couple more than everybody else. But but basically, uh, yeah, you kind of distribute the fish you'd normally catch between that many guys, and it was uh, it was good. So I I mean I did fish with guys that day, and then I, I floated with another friend that you know, Bob, and uh, a friend of his. I don't think you've met his name is John. We floated the uh, upper Madison one day, but I I fished the lower Madison. Uh, a couple times uh, by myself, and I found that what I really missed was sharing the experience with somebody. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, that's that's huge. Uh, some of this, though, don't you think, is personality driven? Oh yeah. Uh huh. It I mean, is. there's some people that say, "Okay, fly fishing for me is my mm -hmm. time to get away from everyone." I yeah. don't know if it's an introversion thing or it's just yeah uh -huh. um, the way they're wired. I it, think so. And I don't know about you, but I. Well, first of all, when I test out on those extrovert introvert tests, I'm I'm kind of in the middle. Yeah, that's me too. But I do find that the older I get, the more of an introvert I am. I mean, I'm 55 now, and uh, and and so are you. Full disclosure here. <laughs> but when I was uh, man, when I was in mid 30s, I think I drove my family crazy because it'd be Tuesday night, and I. I'd say, man, let's get together with some friends and go out to dinner, and and you know, so we we'd do that, and we'd, you know, Friday night. I remember one night, you you remember this couple, Eric and Lisa. We were sitting around our house, uh, you know, in the north part of the Gallatin Valley in Montana, kind of overlooking the East Gallatin River, and they were over with their kids. It's eight o'clock on a Friday night. We said. Man, let's go camping. And so, <laughs> and so we, 
<laughs> you know, in an hour, both of us had uh, spun we, it up. Yeah, and got, we went had out little camping. we had little travel trailers, and we we yeah we drove those things over to a KOA campground right on the Yellowstone River, right near where uh, where Paradise we, Valley. Yeah, where we you and I fish sometimes, and we got there about. 10 30 you know at night and so well but you know i find myself now on a friday night it's oh man i hope we don't have anything going on and i do think that transfer translates into or transfers into my fly into fly fishing i i, I do like that solitude and here here's the other thing dave i think that that with you and with with my sons, when I fly fish, I can still get that. You know, we know each other well enough that, uh, man, I I, I just I, I don't want another fly fishing buddy that I'm as close to as you because I don't know we we work so well together. Well, I, we go for long stretches of a time and don't talk. We do. to each other. Yeah, we do. I and, think about Tower Fall. Yeah. You know, it's a what is it? Three miles in, three yeah, four miles something in. Yeah, like that. Yep. By the time we walk in, mm -hmm. well, not by the time we walk in, I, I don't think there's any conversation all the way there. That's no, like an hour, not. hour and a half no. hike. And I think that's it. You and I have developed that kind of a friendship where, uh, man, we love to talk. And, and we, can be, we can literally be together for 12 hours a day. And I think it works because we both have this... Uh, I don't know if it's this sense of okay, we we want some solitude time and we can back off. I do yeah, not want to like, talk to you. <laughs> okay, I'm going to shut up now. I think Dave needs some time. <laughs> no, it's probably me. But that's uh, yeah. I, I guess if there's an upside to fly fishing alone, it's and even on that Montana trip, it was the opportunity to spend a lot of time thinking and pondering my life. Uh, that was good. Um, but I, I did miss sharing the experience. So what are some other upsides? So one is solitude. There's a mm -hmm. sense in which you, in a sense, create space yeah. for you to think. It forces you to think about the mm -hmm. whole experience, not depend on someone. Yeah. Um, what are some other benefits of, would you say, or upsides of, of fly fishing? Sure. Along? I'd say one is I think I'm a lot more cognizant of my surroundings, maybe even more cautious when I'm alone. I think when I'm fishing with you, and it could be with my sons too, that I, I kind of feel like, well, we're we're together. You know, somebody else is watching out for me. We're not both going to die, right? And so maybe, yeah, <laughs> at the same <laughs> yes, time, right? A uh, fly fishing myth, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe I get lazier. Well, I don't know if I'm lazier, but maybe there's this sense. It's probably legitimate, but there's this sense of security. Hey, I'm with somebody else. There's now another set of eyes kind of watching out. But I find that when I'm by myself, it's like, hey, I've, I've really got to be on my game because if, if I slip or, or if I stumble into a rattlesnake or whatever else, uh, I don't have anybody else there uh, to help me. So I, I, that's probably an, an upside. You know, what, what would you say, Dave, as you think about you know, other upsides to uh, well, fly just, fishing alone? Just emotionally, I think it, it really kind of cleanses me on some level uh, and cleans out what I need to think about. Because yeah. I'm, mm -hmm. you're alone from the moment you leave the yes. house mm -hmm. to the moment you come back. And yeah. so let's say, in fact, I was actually thinking about going to Canfield Creek this weekend because mm -hmm. Jana, my wife, is going to be gone. She's going to the, uh, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I thought, you know, what if I just 
when she takes off on Sunday morning, why don't I just head over to uh, to southeast Minnesota? Yeah. And I'm, I'm still wrestling with it in yeah. my head. Mm-hmm. But from the moment I leave to the moment I come back is a probably around, you know, it's 24, it's probably 48 hours. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so you're alone the entire time. Mm-hmm. You're alone driving. Now, yes, you're listening to podcasts. You're listening to right. radio mm-hmm. and stuff. But... There is something really wonderful about that. And what I've found is that when I'm fly fishing alone or hunting alone, it, it teases to the surface some things that I probably hadn't been thinking about yeah. in a, in a uh-huh. really good way. Right. So recently, let's see, it was two years ago, I, I took two weeks and went to North Dakota in the fall. And usually I only go for four or five days. I take my son, mm-hmm. uh, whoever the son is, and it's either Christian or or Corey. In recent years, it's obviously been Corey. Right. And, um, and so I, I, and dad and I had been hunting for almost two weeks solid. And so we were tired. We were going out every morning for geese. We'd, we'd, we'd mess around for in the midday and then we usually hunt late afternoon for mm-hmm. ducks. So we'd maybe do some pheasant hunting, but by the end of the two weeks, I was kind of exhausted, but it was like the last day before I was going to go. And my dad was wiped, you know, yeah. he, at that point he was 80 mm-hmm. years old, 81 years old. And so I said, you know, I want to go out one more time. And so, and dad said, you're on your own. So I took the truck and just, you know, threw my shotgun in there and the deeks in and went out and, and, and hunted in the afternoon, basically from, you know, four till about dark. At that point it was seven Mm -hmm. o'clock and it was, it was, it was so different in some ways from hunting with dad and his cronies for the week before the two weeks before. It was really, really good. It yeah. often raises sometimes um, some also some darker thoughts. I think I'm not sure. Yeah, how to I say think it. you're right because I, I was going to ask. But isn't there? There kind of an there's an eerie side to it as well. Isn't there, there is, and you just talked yeah. about being more careful, but you start yeah. to think about mm-hmm. what could happen. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I go in to pick up the ducks that I've shot in the in the. Uh, not the pond, but the marsh. Right. And I can't mm-hmm. get out. I fall. You yeah. Know, there's something. Mm-hmm. I fall on my gun. Right. I, Things we never even thought about when we were in our 20s or maybe 30s, or at least until we had kids. Yeah, until you were resp- responsible for a right. family, right? Yeah. Or uh, at least one of the sure. spouses for a family. So, yeah, I, there are some darker thoughts. Yeah. Maybe it's mortality. I don't know. But right. it, it, there is sometimes when you're all alone. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this, for somebody who doesn't really have a choice, they don't have a, a fly fishing buddy, uh, another guy, another gal, they can you know, call up and say, hey, let's hit the river. Uh, how, you know, they're going to experience the upsides, but how do, they, how do you deal with the downsides if you don't have a fly fishing friend? That is a good question. I would say one of the downsides of so many and I, I can't speak for women, but men especially, who aspire to fly fish but don't. It's because of this issue. I was just talking to a guy the other day. Yeah. He knows that I do this podcast. Actually, it's a tech company we're going to do a project for. We started talking about fly fishing. The barrier for him to get out is not just technical, like what to do. It's the like the motivation and right. impetus to kind mm-hmm. of get you out the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think... If, if you don't have that and that person and you have to fly fish, you probably have a little bit extra, you need an extra amount of motivation to get you out on the river. Yeah, I think it's a good point. So I, 
I, I guess there's no answer at that point. I think you have to really be passionate about wanting to learn the sport yeah. because without that companionship, right, and that just that extra boost to yeah. get you out of the house, I think it's yeah. hard. You know, when it comes to sharing the experience, uh, I, I've done this a couple times. In fact, in, until we talked about this particular podcast, I don't think I had I had actually thought about it. But but when I was kind of forced to think this through, I realized something that I've done when I fly fish by myself. Sometimes I've I've gone into a, a fly shop and you know, I'll get a couple flies, especially if it's somebody I know, and I'll say, yeah, I'm going to hit this stretch and blah blah blah. We'll talk about it. And then I find myself going back there at the end of the day because if I've had a decent day, you know, if I haven't had a good day, it's like, well, I don't want to have no. to go back and say, yeah, I, I got skunked. But if I have a good day, I go back into that fly shop. It's like, I, I want to be able to share that with somebody. There are times, too, when I fished alone where I, I run into somebody on the river and I, I find that I'm maybe a little bit more inclined to stop and talk a little bit chat it up a little it. bit yeah it's because there there is something about that camaraderie and, and doing it together but uh i just had a thought fly shops in some way become kind of a third space they really do yeah it's kind of a starbucks uh, uh alternative for, for fly fishers and and i think some fly fishing shops kind of I don't whether or not they do it intentionally. I think they do a pretty good job of of creating that space, that third space where, hey, you can go hang out. And uh, uh, I, I remember that. It's not shop. just about getting your license or getting gear. Exactly. There's something. There's like a third rail. Oh, I know. Remember on on our last two trips to uh, yeah over to the Driftless we. We stopped at a couple fly shops. One was in a, a larger community, and I'm not gonna identify it because it was a great fly shop. It had all the stuff, but it was it was sterile. It was very sterile. It's like walking into a mall, into a store, and everything is in its place and looked perfect. And then we get over to Preston, Minnesota, and we walked in that fly shop, and it was so homey, and I, I just loved hanging out in yeah. there, and and I felt like. Yeah, we, we wanted to get out on the, the river, but I felt like I could have hung out here for another hour and just looked around, and, and the, the guy who was working that day was uh, really friendly and fun guy to chat Young with. Young kid who was really talented, yeah. knew his stuff. So that might, be a, that might be something for those who don't have a fly fishing buddy. Uh, you can maybe begin and end your day in a fly shop, and, and that, that helps... Uh, I think a number of things, the technical expertise you need, but also yeah. getting a chance to debrief with somebody and, and, and share the experience. That's kind of cool. That's good. That's, that's really yeah. good. The flight, that's actually a good insight. Yeah. So we'll have to try that sometime. Yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, we do it all the time. So, Hey, what are some pieces of advice we could offer those who fish alone then to uh, get the most out of it? I guess that's, uh, that's one of the things, uh, you know, make use of a fly shop. But what else would you say? Well, one idea I think is to, is to, and you can think about this before you go, what's some big problem I need to solve in my life? All right. Or something that, or even if it's not a problem, might be some vision for your life or something you really wanted to do yeah. and say, okay, I'm going to really spend time thinking about mm -hmm. this. And, and it may be as simple as spending more time sleeping, which allows you to think. Sure. Sometimes you do yeah. these uh -oh. trips, yeah. and you actually fly fish less than I think. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm sleeping in yeah. things I don't do when I'm at home or even when I'm with you because right. we're, yeah. we're out on the river. 
Yep. Um, it's taking that time to actually allow these ideas to surface yeah. and allow you to really kind of think really deeply about sure. some ideas. They're not so practical as they are maybe vectoring. They're like these okay. big ideas that, that push you in a whole other direction. And I think fly fishing yeah. alone can enable that. Yeah, I, I think along with that, I like to I like to think about maybe a, a dream that I have, something I'd like to do, and that kind of becomes a focal point for my thinking during that morning or during that day on the river. That's kind of fun. And what I find is that that some people are able to, you know, whether it's whether they're in, in corporate America, they're in business or or uh, members of the clergy like I am. Some people like to get away. They'll do a half-day retreat. When they come back, they've got all these insights and ideas. I've tried that. It does not work for me. For me, the insights drip, and I, I need yeah. that longer extended time. That's good. And they, the, the ideas, the dreams, the, the answers to problems, the solutions, uh, they come at times when I'm not expecting it. All of a sudden, my mind will make a connection. I'm, I'm walking along the banks in the Madison, and it's like, hey, and I'll get this insight. So I think that's good. You know, take something to chew on, not jerky, but but an idea, a dream, a problem, uh, you know, something that, uh, something that, yeah, I've read that maybe I want to think about. Uh, what else would you say, Dave? Well, I think you should also stop and smell the flowers, right? And smell Absolutely. the... Uh, you smell know, the river. Huh? Smell the river, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and this obviously creates you know time to think, but also yeah. mm-hmm. I just think there's something really refreshing about that. Mm-hmm. And it's different, I think, doing it by yourself than when you're with someone else. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if I rush when I'm by myself. Maybe I rush when I'm with somebody. I would say I rush when I'm with somebody. Yeah, it's I think like that's hey, let's true. get to that run yep. and start fishing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and if, if I don't get in here, Steve's going to be exactly. ADD. Steve's going to be walking by to get to the next <laughs> exactly. run. Exactly. Yeah, I, I do think for me, I, I'm the same way, but I think there's, uh, you know, I, I get out on the water and I'm like, I'm by myself and I'm all focused and ready to go. And I, I have to force myself sometimes to say, hey, I'm just going to sit here for a moment and, yeah, and enjoy the experience. What else? Anything else that we might Well, the offer? final thing, obviously, is that you need to let somebody know where you're going. Oh, that's so important. You hear yeah. stories all the time. I just heard about that hiker in Yellowstone that walked off a cliff. Oh, I yeah. don't think he let anybody yeah. know where he was going. No, I don't think so. And and I actually am really bad at this. I, I, I sometimes yeah. will leave and, and not tell Jana where I'm going. And it's partly we've been married for so long right there's this unbelievable trust between right. us and we'll, yeah. we know that we'll be checking in but i think yeah. even driving to say the driftless or yep. mm-hmm. um, saying okay i'm going to be in fact i remember telling her jana i'm going to dodgeville i'm staying in dodgeville mm-hmm. i'm fishing the blue river if you don't hear from me Steve will know where yeah. I'm at. Steve yeah. will know where the body's laid. You know, yeah. where I my last cast. Yeah, and she goes, oh, okay, thanks, no <laughs> yeah. big deal. That's totally oh, right. Yeah. But I actually remember saying yeah. that to mm-hmm. her, and yeah. and I don't think I would have said that even ten years ago, right? Or even 50, mm-hmm. well, probably fifteen years ago mm-hmm. when I'm in my thirties. But uh, so I mean, it's patently obvious. But you do need to yeah. let people know where you're going, where you're fishing, and some expectations in terms of when you yeah. expect to be back. Well, that's good stuff. We hope it's helpful uh, when you uh, have the opportunity or by necessity uh, end up fly fishing alone. 
All right, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Our friend Glenn, a fishing guide in the Adirondacks in New York State, had this comment in response to our post on five tips for new fly tires. He said, when beginning to tie flies, pick a pattern like a woolly bugger and tie it over and over and over. Tie different sizes like a 6, an 8, a 10. Tie them in different colors, black. Uh, well, he says black and olive are my favorites. Uh, watch a lot of videos. Uh, Tim Flagler of Tightline Productions is my favorite to watch. Good luck. That's great. Yeah, that's a good piece of advice. I, I found that to be true. You take a, a fly pattern and, uh, wow, just keep working on that until you get better at it. And Yeah, switching sizes, switching colors. You're still using the same techniques and same patterns. So, uh, yeah, as always, uh, that's helpful stuff from Glenn. Well, and just a reminder, it's Tim Flagler, F-L-A-G-L-E-R, of Tightline Productions. So you can Google that. All right, that'll do it for today. We talked today about the joys and challenges of fly fishing alone, so we'd love to hear your thoughts. What makes fly fishing alone enjoyable or not enjoyable? Please go to twoguysinariver.com and comment on this podcast link. How do you feel about fly fishing alone? You can find Two Guys in a River pretty much everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher. And of course, you can visit our website, twoguysinariver.com. We publish one new episode and one new article each week on the site. And of course, we'd love for you to purchase our book on Amazon.com, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, Catch More Fish. We're right behind John Grisham, aren't we? Yes, we are. In terms of sales. So yeah, just help us uh, get over the bubble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Alone.